0: or you can email radio at bnntv.org. Hello, and welcome to Bostonian Rap. My name is Rachel Meiselman, and you are listening to me on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. This, of course, is Boston's community radio station. So, as always, we're just going to go right on in and we're going to start unpacking. Uh, what has been going on uh, since we last hung out. And a lot has been happening. Uh, But unfortunately, it's been a lot of the same thing. So last week, I talked about a malaise, a malaise that has kind of uh, settled in. It's installed in, um, you know, the public. Uh, People right now are very much... Um, distrustful of uh, the political class. And I think that there's good reason. I was actually just speaking with um, a medical professional. She's, She's a wonderful person. She's brilliant in many ways. And we were talking about just different things. Um, but one of those uh, topics, one of the topics that we discussed was uh, the coronavirus, the pandemic. And I said that there are several things at play that have contributed to. The crises that we're seeing now, that we're seeing play out. And as I said in the last two shows, the big thing is there has been, and, and I will just continue to say this until elected officials, regardless of level of government, until they understand that they're not operating, they're not functioning in a ba- vacuum. So what that means is that they all gotta kind of not only know what they're supposed to do, not kind of reimagine the, the office. That's that's not their job. Uh, if they want to get into office and then make improvements, and then that as they're making improvements, they notice that what the what the public needs from from them, you know. Or you know him or her. If we're talking about one person, uh, you know, more is needed, and there is a relevance to the responsibilities and duties of that office. uh, Then you know, uh, an office its its role, its mission can be expanded. Uh, It can it can be I don't want to say revamped, but you know there there can be added responsibilities, but every elected official should go into office knowing what he or she needs to do in the role of that particular, uh, you know, carrying out the duties of that particular office. And in addition to that, I would say, in some ways, in some circumstances, it's almost equally important to understand. That he or she is part of a larger machine, and it's imperative that every elected official know how you know knows how that machine functions, operates, and it's not until recently that we've heard elected officials talk about, oh well, you know, my colleagues in the state house, you know, if we're talking about a municipal uh, uh, politician uh, or. You know, it's not until recently that we've heard uh, someone in Congress talk about working with his or her colleagues in the state house, or on the city council, or you know, so, you know, something along those lines. And you know, d- different, just different elected officials who are performing different functions at different levels of government. It's only recently that. It has been understood that again, no elected officials working in a vacuum. He or she is playing a, a very specific role, but that it ties in with what others are doing. And it's we've been. I mean, this is, I guess, a topic for another show, or or maybe in part it, it does touch upon what I'm 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 trying to get at in today's show, um, but. You know, maybe it might be worth devoting a whole show to this, but it's we can't have people getting elected to office now. We can no longer afford to elect people to make history. I don't care if a campaign is historic. I don't care if a person getting elected to a particular office represents a a watershed moment. I, I don't care anymore because nothing is, is, seems to be working properly. Um, there seems to be a real uh, serious disconnect um, between so many politicians, most politicians, uh, and their constituencies. So it, it's we, we need to have people who are not going to reimagine the office, not because they want it to be better, but because they don't really know what the office is supposed to do, and they want to make it kind of more like what they know. Uh, and and we have to stop electing people that don't understand what other people, what other public office holders around them are supposed to be doing. I mean, in short, we just can't keep on electing people who are ignorant or stupid, um, low IQ, in, insofar as you know, government and how it's supposed to function. It's because it's it's quite frankly, it's wreaking havoc on our on our communities, on our different municipalities, and 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 if if you don't think that there's anything to what I'm saying, just think about how many people are leaving Massachusetts. Why do you think they're leaving Massachusetts? Because they're tired of a lack of balanced repu- uh res- representation and the representation that they do have and and i <laughs> that's the thing about radio i love radio because i could be here with my hair pulled up in a top knot and pajamas i never would i would never do that i always come as if i'm going to appear on television <laughs> but it's it's that's the great thing about radio it's it's just it's you it's your voice and what you know or don't know right um but i was just doing like air quotes you know like oh representation uh the representation that people are getting is just subpar doesn't even begin to describe it uh so people you know they they try to email they try to make phone calls And you know the emails are not returned, the phone calls are not returned. Someone is always away from his or her desk, and so it's just really incredibly frustrating. Um, People are working harder; they have been working harder uh, with less to show for it, and they find that their needs and concerns, depending on who and what they are, um, are not seen as important as the needs and concerns of other people. And so that's actually, that, that right there is incredibly offensive. So it's, that alone is enough to make people want to leave, but it's just, there's just so much going on. Um, and of course, the, 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 the cost of living so, you know, I started to hint at that by saying, you know, people are working harder with less to show for it. It is so expensive in Massachusetts. Boston is, you know, the capital, of course, is, is the third most expensive rental market in the nation. It's ridiculous. I thought about it. If you make, if you make let's see, $75,000 a year, which at the end of the day is not a lot of money for Boston. Isn't that sad? It's just, it's not. It's conceivable that you won't be able to afford to live by yourself. So to be able to live by yourself, really, I would say that you need to be making another $10,000 to be able to afford rent, utilities, uh, and if you have a lot of expenses you might actually have to make more money so it's just it's really a sad state of affairs and the middle class i'm always talking about the middle class um uh, but we don't really have much of that anymore um it's just various grades of 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 being poor <laughs> You have the working poor, you have the upper working poor, you have the middle working poor, and you have the lower working poor, and then you just have the poor. Uh, so Massachusetts is is very much, very diff- it's a very difficult s- state in which to live, in. and that's a shame because it's such a beautiful state. Uh, we have tremendous resources, but again, when we elect people because we want to make we want to be a participant in making history as opposed to being a participant in making a difference uh it doesn't matter what kind of resources that we have uh because they're not going to be utilized properly um they're going to in fact be squandered or they might not be used at all and so it's just it's it's become for a lot of people, an untenable situation, and that's why they leave. You know, people go to Texas. You know, people who lean more right, who are Republican, they want representation. And they have a right to representation. My goodness gracious. It's, <laughs> you know, like about a decade ago, it was a bit of a joke, oh, uh, you know, uh, uh, Republican running in, the, in in Suffolk County. So, you know, Suffolk County is, is most of Boston it's uh it's chelsea it's it's uh it's revere it's it's winthrop and uh you know there was there was a time when yeah i mean you know people would joke people don't joke anymore they they're outraged they think it's they think it's i mean one person described it as sick um I would describe it as disgusting or pathetic it's It's not okay to be a one party state and and we have now people who are on the left, but they're you know I find them reasonable and 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 just so we're clear, I'm not saying that because I think that if you lean left or you're somewhere on the left that you know you're necessarily Going to be unreasonable because, you know, there are people on the right that I, I can't stomach. So I, I, I try to be respectful of as many viewpoints as I can. I mean, obviously, there's some stances that, you know, I would think that most of us would find reprehensible, but I, I try to be as tolerant as different, um, as many different political uh, stances, perspectives as, as I possibly can. And I don't attach um, a kind of uh, integrity uh, quotient to someone based on the letter that comes after his or her name. So I don't I don't do that. Um, but you know, there are people on the left. So as, as I was saying, um, that you know, they're like, wait a minute, this is. I mean, even they are are, are starting to say like, what's going on here? And they're saying, well, you know. We're headed for a one-party state. And I would say that we're there. We're there. Um, it's, it's very much the fault of the Republican Party. Um, it's long been a party that's functioned more like uh, a social club rather than an actual political party. And it's been the benefit to a select few to the detriment of the majority, the great majority. Um, And so it's tremendously frustrating. And I know that, you know, a lot of people want to blame it on uh, the current share. Uh, And the current share, of course, is, you know, Jim Lyons. Um, But I would say that you can't blame the state of the Republican Party entirely on Jim Lyons. I mean, we've been we've been in a situation. I'm going to call it a situation. That's that's nice and diplomatic, isn't it? We've been in a state. We've been in a state uh, for quite some time, and it's just it hasn't been a positive one. And and it's just now it's just a matter of it's it's just been deteriorating and it's it's not comfortable. It's it's not it's not ideal. Uh, It's far from ideal. And so, again, even if people are not inclined to vote Republican, they still lament the fact that there's not a viable second party. And, you know, I'm kind of tired of saying, well, that's got to change. I mean, a lot of people don't want it to change. I mean, if you actually listen to some people who are Republican, they'll tell you, well, don't run. Oh, we can't run anybody. Because, you know, the climate, But you say to them, okay, so when exactly would be a good time then? If this isn't the right climate, as you say, well, when exactly would it be appropriate or better to run? And they'll throw out something. You know, they might throw, you know, uh, a time when it would be better to run. But really, it doesn't, whatever they say doesn't really mean anything, because I can assure you that the same people who are telling you not to run because of the climate, those are the same people that when the climate is supposedly better, you know, based on what they say, and that is, in fact, if they even can give you an idea what would constitute a better climate, they'll find another excuse why you shouldn't run. They'll find another excuse why they haven't fielded uh, someone to run for this seat or that seat. So what it comes down to is they don't care. They don't, they, they're in a comfortable position. And as long as they're getting what they need, well, who the heck cares about everybody else? And I think that that is... unbelievably selfish, incredibly self-centered. And quite frankly, I find that kind of attitude repulsive. And again, you know, to get back to my initial point, that's why a lot of people are leaving. The situation is untenable. But I would say that it's worth trying to fight stay and fight to change things. And when I say fight, I mean, I'm obviously not advocating violence, but what I'm saying is taking a stand and trying to mobilize people and and trying to educate people and trying to, you know, maybe build a movement around different causes. But it's not easy, and it takes a tremendous amount of time and energy. And so rather than do that, yeah, some people, you know, even if they would agree with everything i just said they, they still opt to leave but my argument would be that okay some places are better for sure but at the end of the day some of what has impacted massachusetts adversely it's i mean it's it's going to come to wherever you run sooner or later so if it's not there already you know, uh, you know, maybe it just to a, a, a lesser extent. So, I, I, I just, for me, I, I see staying here and trying to make a difference the better option. But I, I, I completely, I do understand. I don't agree with it uh, because because of the reasons I just enumerated. But I do. I do understand why people would just say, heck with it. I'm just, I'm going to Florida. I'm going to New Hampshire. I'm going to Texas. I'm going to, I'm because people are tired. Okay. So the malaise. People don't trust the political class. They don't trust politicians. And when we talk about uh, the coronavirus and the pandemic in particular, and that's what I started to talk about um, and I was saying that I was having a conversation with a medical professional who's just, she's outstanding. She's a lovely person on the inside and out. Um, you know, that's, that's the first thing I, I said. You know, like we didn't get a coordinated response from our politicians, yet they're all supposed to be working together in one way or shape or form. So there was that. Um another reason for people's anger and frustration you know regarding the the coronavirus uh, pandemic and, and 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 what has been done during the pandemic is that you know there've been policies suggestions put forth um there've been mandates and i think in the beginning people people were scared in fact i know they were um and i and I, and it's not like i'm i'm sharing some privileged information i i think most of us can say well you know there was a certain degree of concern most of us not all of us but i think many of us and i say us because i'm including myself um i think that a lot of people at the very least uh just didn't know what they should be doing so I think that rather than do the wrong thing, people kind of shut themselves off from others or maybe they stayed home or they bunkered. You know, they they went indoors and they just stayed indoors. Now, my attitude about that is that it could have been made better. There would have been less confusion if the people who were responsible for crafting the policies and issuing the mandates followed the same policies or suggestions or mandates that they were you know putting together crafting or issuing how 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 can you respect how can you follow how can you trust Uh, An elected official who's telling you, you must do this, putting forth a mandate, putting forth a list of recommendations to stay safe, keep yourself safe and others, when that same elected official or those same elected officials don't follow uh, the policies, the recommendations, guidelines, or mandates themselves. Do as I say, but, you know, it's like you know do, do what i say um but don't do what i do you know it's it you know two sets of rules so i think initially people were like okay i'm i'm going to do it uh i see that you're not doing it but all right i i i'll do it though you know and i and i think that in in the beginning uh in 2020 certainly like you know before the month of july I mean, you had people even joked. They were like, hey, wait, come on. You know, I haven't had a haircut in like, you know, like three months, four months. And, you know, people were putting up some funny memes on social media, right? You know, you had people with hair like, <laughs> it was, some of them were pretty cute. They were clever. You know, people had hair and uh, they look like, you know, <laughs> something like a, Chewbacca or something like that. It was it was really it was it was funny and it was you know it was welcome because certainly levity was needed. Uh it was, it was very much um a welcome respite uh to everything that we were hearing um because for so many of us this is something that we've never seen in our lifetimes anything remotely like it. So at first people were joking about it, right? You know like oh this is what I look like. I haven't I haven't had a haircut in a long time. And then they'd say, oh, well, look, you know, look at the mayor there. Look at Marty Walsh. You know, he's, you know, he has, he looks like he has a, you know, he had a fresh haircut. You know, everything's nicely lined up. You know, and people were pointing it out, but they weren't, It, there wasn't anger, right? It was more like, hey, come on, man, you know, like, what, what gives here? But over time, people stopped joking. You know, because when when we kept on getting mandates, when we kept on getting guidelines, and the people, as I as I say, you know, I continue to say, you know, the people who were putting them forth or putting them into place weren't following themselves, people were like, okay, well, I've had enough of this. So that's the second thing. And the third thing I said to this medical professional, I said, you know what? If I were an elected official, during a pandemic i can tell you that i would have or i would immerse myself in the, in 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 the issue i would i mean i'm not suggesting that i would you know no one's talking about oh going to medical school or something like that no but i would have or i would make sure that I really become familiar with the topic as much as I possibly can, uh, given that I don't at all have a medical background. But I would do that so that I could better understand what I need to do to keep my constituents safe. And so then when I spoke with my colleagues at different levels of government, I could advocate for different policies um, that would be to the best benefit of my constituency, but I didn't see that. I didn't see any of our elected officials. Well, not I mean, some they took the time to really learn about the virus, to learn about uh, the impact um, of the virus, uh, what it what it could be. Some of these elected officials um considered the 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 very critical fact that this this pandemic it's it's multifaceted that yes, uh, uh, on the face of it, it is physical, right? We're talking about our physical health, but then of course, that's intimately inextricably linked to our mental and emotional health. Um, And then because of the policies, guidelines, and mandates put into place, that's then, of course, connected to our financial health. So there were some elected officials who, who understood all of that. And so they tried to advocate and work accordingly on behalf of their constituencies, respective constituencies. But most Public office holders did not do that. And so it was incredibly frustrating. And so I said all of this today to this medical professional. She agreed with me. And she's not the first one. She's not the first one to agree with me. These are the three things that should have happened. Again, coordination between the different levels of government. Number Two, if you are part of a body that is advocating or not, uh, advocating that is uh issuing guidelines or if you are responsible for issuing a mandate, follow the guidelines, respect the mandate that you're issuing of that you're supporting it, it can't be good. For your constituency, it can't be something that is there to protect your constituency. But somehow you yourself, or you yourselves, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, obviously, uh, you know, this one and that one and this mayor or that governor or the the governor. I mean, it it can't be something that, okay, well, this is going to protect you, but I'm not going to follow it. So, all right. So then then you're. Constituents are going to start looking at you and saying, well, why do I have to follow it if you don't? Would you have like superhuman, uh, superhero immunity? Like what's going on here? Uh, I, I don't understand. Like wh- if if I can get COVID by doing this, then why are you doing it? How are you not going to get COVID? And if you feel safe in doing that, then why shouldn't I feel safe in doing that? So there's that, number two. And then number three, again, no one's asking. I mean, I'm certainly, I never expected someone to go out and get an, a, a medical, you know, uh, you know, go to school for some kind of uh, medical career. Of course, no one's suggesting that. that. That's, you know, that's absurd. But at least... Immerse yourself in this issue just because we are living, we have been living in, in an exceptional uh, set of circumstances um, that has affected us in so many different ways. And we're going to see in the years to come, mark my words, we're going to see in the years to come the effects, the full effects of, of having lived through this pandemic. It's you know we're going to see the mental and emotional scars on our on children and adults alike. we're going to see uh the the financial repercussions and then that's you know in in both whether we're talking like mental and how uh, mental and emotional or or financial either or i mean you know that those two. Areas, you know, while they're connected, they can they can be looked at as as, as you know independent um, issues, if I can phrase it like that, issues of study. So it's it's really really frustrating, and it doesn't look like we're. I mean, we would you know we would hope we would think that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but in Boston, it doesn't quite look like that. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, I want to go to a quick break. Uh, you have been listening to me, Rachel Meiselman. Uh, this is Bostonian rap. And this is, of course, uh, LP 102.9 FM Boston. This is Boston's community radio station. Now let's go to that break. Boston homeowner, do you have a lead service pipe supplying water to your residents? If so, Boston Water and Sewer Commission will pay up to $4,000 to remove and replace your lead pipe, an amount that will cover the full replacement cost for most customers. And in the event there is a balance, that can be repaid interest-free over 60 months. For more information about this affordable program that will help protect your family's health, call 617-989-7888 or visit the website address seen here on your screen. This has been a public service announcement of Boston Water and Sewer Commission. Text and whatever. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Crispy, blazed, toasty, faded, lit. No matter what you call it, if you're high, you're too high to drive. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. The possibility of lung cancer can be pretty scary, especially if you're one of approximately eight million current or former smokers at high risk. That's why SavedByTheScan.org wants you to know that now there's a breakthrough low-dose CT scan that can detect lung cancer early, and it only takes 60 seconds. You stop smoking, now start screening. For an easy quiz to see if you're eligible, visit SaveByThescan.org. It could save your life. SaveByThescan.org is brought to you by the American Lung Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. Hello, and welcome back to Bostonian Rap. You've been listening to me, Rachel Meiselman, on WBCA LP 102.9 FM Boston. So, you know, I've been discussing at length. The lack of ease that people feel, the lack of trust that people have toward their elected officials—it's, it's—I it's, mean, people are actually literally saying that to their elected officials. So, I mean, honestly, if you're uh, if you're an office holder at this point in time, you, you really do need to uh, be there. For your constituencies, you you really do need to be picking up the phone. Uh, you really need to be returning emails. Uh, you really need to show that you know what you're doing. Um, it's it's not enough just to uh, show up and 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 be and be present. Uh, you have to be uh, proactive, and so you have to in a situation where a constituent needs help you need to be able to ask the right questions uh, it, it's not about finding out just what this person does or, or or uh how things work i mean if you're a boston city councilor i'm sorry but that that's offensive like you 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 should know <laughs> You should have a pretty good idea about what this one does and that one does so that, again, when you're in a situation, when you're dealing with people who are in need or or just maybe not even need, but they have a question, you should be able to, you know, ask a set of questions that will enable you then to address whatever issue your constituent or constituency has uh, that that's just the way it is. And it's actually not just, you know, the Boston city councilors. I'm talking about state reps. I'm talking about state senators. It's just I I just I mean, I'm tired of people not, like not knowing. Like certain what I would think are, are basic facts about what this job entails or what he does when he goes out to work every day or. Uh, the extent of a crisis, or or the lead up to it, it could be, it could even be like something like uh, people are on strike. What always gets me is that you know, as a Republican, I have to listen. Well, I I don't, I I know I won't tolerate it, but it, it you know, as, as a as a as a as a figure of speech, I have to listen to people. Who try to, you know, say, oh, Republicans, they they don't care about the working man. Okay, so you have people say that, but unfortunately, the people who are saying it, they're generally people who um, don't know about the working man. These are uh, these are people who will especially if they're elected officials, they will run to the picket lines uh, for photo ops. They will drop off donuts and orange juice and coffee. And you're like, okay, whatever. Now, I actually happen to know more about unions than a lot of these people that like to criticize Republicans for being anti-working class. Uh, I am union-born and fed. I, I often say that uh that's actually something my father told me when i was you know when i was younger and it just stayed with me and i thought about it and i said you know what that's true i am union born and fed and i can tell you that striking is that's that's kind of a last resort right or that's one of the, you know that's when you've gotten to the point where you're striking, that's, that's fairly serious, right? So it's, it's, it's not like, like right out of the gate. I mean, we're talking that, you know, the the discussions, you know, negotiations might take place. I mean, there, there are a series of steps that are in place. So yeah, you know, when 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 you have people who are so upset, who are so disgruntled, who are so concerned that they picket, that they that they go on strike, then you know that there's a serious issue and I think that if you are an elected official and you are going to claim to be pro labor, it is your job to know about different issues that are transpiring, occurring within your district. And, and trust me, if, if (laughs) that may sound like a lot that I expect a lot of elected officials, but I don't though, I don't. And, and, and I, I promise you that if you have an elected official who's really in tune with what's going on in his or her communities, he or she will know, will hear that there are problems, that there are steps being taken to remedy those problems, uh, and any elected official worth his or her salt will just kind of keep an eye on the situation. But you know, to 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 run out to the picket lines with orange juice and coffee, I I find that offensive. I find that offensive. It's it's oh, okay. So okay, I get I get it. You're pro labor because you popped in to stop and shop, and you you bought up a few cartons of orange juice, or you went to Dunkin' Donuts and got a few thing, you know, like a few cartons of coffee. I mean, that's it's it's. If you really want to support pro labor, know <laughs> know what's going on, so that if it does reach the point where a strike takes place, uh, you don't quite frankly look like a fool that's in search of an a photo op. And that's what I would say about that. So I want to kind of focus on uh, some events that uh, have taken place since we last spoke, I said that uh, there was an appellate judge who put an injunction in place uh, in regard to um, Mayor Wu's uh, city employee vaccine mandate. So that was put on pause. So rather than sit down and talk with the different unions that have been upset that Michelle basically jettisoned the memoranda that had been in place when she took office, when she was, when she was sworn in. No, uh, Michelle, instead of doing that, which would have been uh, a way to, I mean, I I think at this point she's, 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 done a lot of damage to her brand i'm gonna say that um but at the least if she had sat down and said okay let's talk it's been a rocky couple of months um but let's sit down and talk let's see if we can find some common ground because we need to move forward right that that would i mean again i think a lot of damage has been done to her brand and I don't think people will look at her through the same set of eyes as as before. I don't. Um, but it would be a way—I don't want to say a way out—but it would be a way forward. It would be a way forward. Nah, no, that's that's not what Michelle um, is is doing. What Michelle is doing is um, she's appealing the court's ruling uh, that paused the city's enforcement of the employee uh, coronavirus vaccine mandate. This is what her administration has announced. Um, her press office, and uh, you have Ricardo Patron, who used to work for Boston City Councilor Lydia Edwards, uh, Lydia, uh, you know, Boston City Council slash state senator, because she's holding uh, both, both offices at, at the moment. Um, he used to work for her uh, in City Hall, so now he's working for Michelle Wu. And, uh, you know, so he was responsible, uh, to, you know, pu- for putting together or he, you know, took the lead in putting together uh, uh this this notice of appeal. And I'm just. It's I'm not going to say I don't know what she's thinking. I'm not going to say I don't know who she has advising her, um, because then that would suggest that. You know, she's just making blunders um, just because she has incompetence around her and that she herself is incompetent. Um, I think that what Michelle is doing, with all due respect to the office of mayor, I think that she's pushing an agenda. She's pushing an agenda. And if people have their their causes, have your causes. But if you're an elected official, if you're a public servant, You have to remember that you're a public servant, that that you are not an activist, that you're not there to implement an agenda. I mean, you can. You can advocate for certain policies, certain ideas, for sure. But at the end of the day. The priority has always got to be the needs and the concerns of the people and. It's, you have to sit down and talk to people. You have to sit down and listen to people. So I I just, it's, like I said, it's not a matter of, I don't know what she's thinking. She's there to implement an agenda and she's not there to listen to the people that are opposed to her vaccine mandate. Just like she wasn't there to... Uh, listen to people who were opposed to her be-together policy. Now, another thing that Wu has done um, that has raised, it's actually raised eyebrows. And I will say that not only on the political right, but on the political left. So I, you know, again, I pay attention to people. Even if people, I don't agree with them, I still watch what they're doing. So, I mean, people think that everything that I'm thinking of, you know, I express it, like I tweet it. Oh, and by the way, I am on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter, um, you know, Rachel Meiselman, you know, Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L-M-I-S-E-L-M-A-N. And then Bostonian Rap. I also have an account for Bostonian Rap on Twitter. And then, of course, you can also find me on Facebook, and uh, I'm active on Instagram too. But Bostonian rap isn't. But maybe I should change that, huh? <laughs> um, but just if you want to know a little bit more about what I have to say, um, but it's it's all it's all the same. It's all the it's, you know I'm consistent across the board. Um, but you know, as I started to say, I I don't express everything that I'm thinking. I don't share everything that I observe. You know, so actually a lot of what I observe I just keep to myself and I kind of tuck away. Um but what I did notice and that and what I did want to kind of speak to is that Michelle this uh you know this uh this this new move where she wants to uh wants to ban protesters from demonstrating um from, what's it, 9 p.m. to 9 a.m.? Um, and, 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 of course, it's, it's because of the protests that have taken place in front of her home. But what's interesting is a lot of people are objecting to this. And like I said, there are people who are very much on the left. I mean, we're talking people who are members of the Democrat, socialists who object to doing this and the idea is that and isn't it amazing across the board we have the right to express ourselves we have the right to express ourselves and no one elected official no elected official period can tell us that we can that we can't express ourselves. No elected official can try to curtail our freedom of speech, our freedom of peaceful assembly. So this is, this is, (laughs) It's, it's kind of on top of the vaccine mandate, on top of appealing the injunction of the vaccine mandate, on top of the be together policy which now of course has been dropped it's i i th- this <laughs> i mean things are going to things are going to be heating up <laughs> i mean <laughs> boston's kind of a it's a rough and tumble place it's it, you know things are definitely going to be heating up people are going to pump up the volume um you know to suggest that Michelle is in any kind of danger is, is absolutely absurd. Uh, And, and, and I know that a lot of people who are opposed to Michelle uh, and and what she has done during her time as, as mayor, they don't care that she's a female, uh, that she's a female of color, uh, that she's of Asian descent, um, that she's not from here. What people care about is how, she's treating them and what kind of life they currently have the quality of life that they have with her in office that's what people care about so people you know they're 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 saying look we're upset we're angry but we're going to be very purposeful about our anger we're going to be constructive and we're going to exercise our rights. So we're going to channel our anger uh, and exercise our rights to make ourselves heard and to bring about change. We're we're going to move—we're going to try to move positively. But, of course, you know, some of Wu's allies, I would imagine most of them, many of them, and certainly uh, many of her—you well, know, particularly her, her steadfast supporters, um, her biggest supporters— don't see it that way they they see this as being very aggressive but what people need to understand is that if michelle if if michelle wu had only listened to people even if it even if it was just lip service um if she showed up and sat down and and just even went through the motions that That would have allayed some concerns. I'm not saying that that alone would have made all of the difference, but it would have made some difference. Because as as I've continued to stress over the last several weeks, what we're looking at is... She wants to be called Woo Train, so I'm going to run with that. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make the puns, and they might be bad. In fact, most of them might be bad. Uh, this she's she's a runaway train. <laughs> so you know, right now, what she's doing it's it's just she's not doing herself any favors. But what I will say to people is that you know the people who are saying I'm going to vote her out. Well, you can't if nobody runs against her. And so that's why I tell people. Please stop saying we're going to vote her out. And we're going to vote him out. I can't wait till elections. I, I, uh, you know, uh, and look, I don't mean to disparage anybody. I don't mean to, you know, deride anybody. But, you know, honestly, really, I kind of like. You know we got to do our parts. You know we got to we we have some lifting to do, on our ends. So we have to understand that if no one runs against, and and, and it's we we don't need to just be talking about Michelle. It it could be anybody. Let's talk about Boston City Councilor Lydia, uh, Edwards. Um, you know she you know state senator. Um, so she will be leaving the council in April. And I believe, yeah, I believe it's April. And, um, you know, it, it, people are saying we're going to vote her out. Well, you're not going to vote her out if nobody runs against her. And so people, what I have found is people like to post on social media. They love doing that. And, and I'm not saying that that's not something that should be done. I mean, I certainly post a fair amount on social media, but what I'm saying is, at a certain point, and this is just my opinion, someone can listen to me right now and say, you know what, Rachel, have a seat. Put a sock in it. Like, I I just, whatever. Like, you know, whatever. Long walk, short pier, all of that. But, but really, I, I just, you know what I always say, is And I really do always say this, people might not like what I say or how I say it, but I, I really do often just break it down to the bottom line. And my bottom line is often not without validity. And that comes from having a tough, no-nonsense grandmother, may she rest, may my beautiful grandmother rest in peace, from Roxbury, a no-nonsense girl then I, you know, my, my mother was, was a, a different, different um, or is a different animal. But my father is kind of cut from the same old as his mother, my grandmother. And he's, he's a no-nonsense kid from Dorchester. So what that all translates to is if I open up my mouth, I know what I'm talking about. Or I think I know what I'm talking about. Or I think I have uh, a point to make that's worth consideration. You know, at some point, the activism on social media has to translate into the real world. And so you want to hold these elected officials accountable. You have to find people to run against them. Otherwise, you can make all the noise you want. And they'll do what they have to do to assuage your concerns or to keep, to, keep, uh, uh, <laughs> to keep you at bay or to maybe even win you over, convert you. But if you really want transparency and accountability, part of that is making sure that these elected officials don't continue to run unopposed. And if someone stands up to run, it's not just about voting for that person. What people don't understand, uh, because right now, a lot of candidates are collecting signatures. You have to sign for candidates. It's, that's In some ways, that's more important than voting, because if a candidate doesn't get signatures, he or she can certainly run a writing campaign, but that's not easy. I know something. <laughs> I know a thing, as some of you will recall, that I know a thing or two about running a writing campaign. And, uh, you know, I made a lot of good points, I think, I hope. Um, but it's certainly not an easy task. And it, it really is important to make the ballot. And so people have to give a signature. They have to... Um. See how they can support candidates. they need to run for office themselves uh, but but the activism the the efforts to to make Massachusetts a place where we're no longer going to hemorrhage the pop or the population is is no longer going to uh hemorrhage it's it's gonna stop uh bleeding uh we need to have balance and and i think that you know that might even require working outside um the 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 false two-party system because we we don't really have a two-party system in Massachusetts. We are a one-party state. Just so we're clear. And so we have some republicans who are in office and I know, a lo- I, I know all of them, actually, um, because, you know, it's not a lot of us, so you know who's who. So, you know, whether you know that person personally or you know of that person, uh, you know, you're familiar. The idea is that um, you're qu- at the very least acquainted or, or, like I said, there's a familiarity. And they do a good job, but I feel like in some respects, they operate outside that two-party, that that false two-party system. And what they do is they just, they're able to get elected and just, they're able to carry forth Republican values, but they're able to do it and just put their heads down and work. Um, and they're almost independent in what they do. and And we've got to change that. So I'll be talking more about that because the idea is, we need representation. We need uh, elected officials that are going to partner with their constituencies. And we need, we need an influx. We badly need an influx of new ideas. But that's all I got for you today. That's all I got. And <laughs> I know that was plenty, but that's all I got. Uh, I look forward, as always, to hanging out with you next week. The preceding commentary does not reflect the views of the staff and management of WBCA or the Boston Neighborhood Network. If you would like to express another opinion, you can address your comments to the Boston Neighborhood Network at 3025 Washington Street, Boston, Mass. 02119, attention WBCA LP 102.9 FM. If you would like to arrange a time for your own commentary, call WBCA at 617 708. 3241 or email us at radio at org.